the impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We are coming at you on January 25th, 2023, and we have a special guest to interview today. Um, We're kind of doing a series now. We're trying to interview people who actually are holding office as libertarians because we think that's so important at the uh, grassroots level to really see uh, libertarians making a difference in their community. And so today we're going to be interviewing uh, Shannon Denniston. He was recently elected as a magistrate straight justice of the peace for Montgomery County in Kentucky. So uh, we're excited to have him on the show today. And let me introduce you to the rest of our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. And my name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host. Um, So let's uh, jump right into it. uh, you know, one of the things we think is so important is because, you know, with all these things, uh, lockdowns and everything else we've had, we've seen so many abuses that, you know, it's it's so important that we, we try and show examples of people who are making a difference out there. And so we've got Shannon on the show. He recently won an election in Kentucky. And, um, you know, uh, it, let's, let's find out a little more about it. So, Shannon, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about... Um, I guess, uh, uh, your your campaign and how that evolved and how you decided to run for office? Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, I'm a registered libertarian, so I'm, a, I guess, a big L. Some people will identify as a little L, and uh, they're, you know, registered different. Um, I found that in Kentucky, a lot of people are registered one way or the other so they can vote in the primary election. And some people, oddly enough, they uh, register opposite of the party of their values um, so they can pick their uh, competitor's candidate, I guess, uh, which is kind of strange to me. But um, I am a a registered libertarian and I'm so happy I found the party. Uh, I felt kind of like, I guess, an independent before I found out uh, the Libertarian Party existed. And um, I just kind of scratched my head at a lot of policies and ordinances and things like that, that government at all levels uh, orchestrates. Um, so it, it's refreshing, very refreshing to discover that there's other people that have a similar belief structure and guiding set of principles as myself. And um, it's just uh, it's just a breath of fresh air. So uh, how I came to get started, uh, I guess, um, my campaign rather and, and running as uh now an elected official is uh, I received a, a phone call from uh, someone whom I respect very highly in the party and uh, was encouraged to step up um, to seek office. Um, I'm a very busy uh, entrepreneur, I own several businesses in our community and uh, some of which, um, you know, some online businesses as well. Uh, used to build website systems for different uh corporations and uh, got into real estate uh, after that, did a large scale music festival one year and um, it didn't really go as planned. Uh, It made a little bit of money, but not enough to sustain itself. Um, You know, I've tried a lot of different things over the years, probably 20, 30 businesses or more, at least probably 30 businesses at this point. I'm 43 years old. Uh, My first business was in the third grade 
and um, you know, just kind of built on that. So uh, how I, how I, you know, like I said, I got asked to to step up and run for office. Um, a lot of people over the years have asked me to put my name in the hat and run for something, and uh, just it hasn't really been good timing um, to do that, right? So we have to make the timing right. Uh, so one day when I got the this. I guess a series of phone calls eventually uh, said, well, okay, okay, what, what do you need me to do? And um, I just uh, did what was asked of me. Um, it was an uncontested race, so I didn't have any opposition, so pretty easy to win that. And uh, that's part of what intrigued me by it was um, how I was kind of thinking, how, what can I do, you know, on an individual level to kind of spur things along for the party? And we're in a very small town. I, we just had a handful, I think less than 10 people actually registered uh, libertarian uh, in our community of approximately 30,000 people. So um, you can see, uh, obviously, a lot of people hadn't heard of the Libertarian Party, myself being one of them. And once I discovered it, I just almost fell in love with it. You know, the principles, I mean, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. That resonates with me. And I come to find out it resonates with a lot of people. So my campaign has been about... Uh, answering the question, what is libertarianism? Who is the Libertarian Party? And since I've become elected, a lot of people have asked me those questions. And that's my way to kind of share with them, you know, about the party. And uh, several of whom have now transferred over or switched over to our party. So uh, that's that's nice to see that happen as well. Um, I'd like to think we have a, a, a lot more registered libertarians now in Montgomery County. Um, I know that there are more, but I'm not sure exactly. I haven't looked at the numbers, but it's still a really small portion, you know, segment compared to Republicans and Democrats, obviously. Uh, but it's nice because um, we now have an elected libertarian in our county. And prior to this, I would hear things like, we'll never have an elected libertarian. Uh, there's no way that a libertarian can win a race and uh, things like that. So um, I, like, I enjoy a good challenge. And, uh, you know, when I hear those things, it, it kind of it prodded me to, to seek election and to become elected. And uh, this is my uh, third, I'm starting my third four-year term. So um, I was just sworn in the other day. And um, it's interesting because when I went to run initially for my first term, I was told that the deadline had already passed. And I found out that uh, the deadline for independents and other third parties, which we're one of as libertarians, um, the deadline's later. So uh, I was doing it by the book, but I was kind of shut down early on in my campaign because they said that the deadline had passed and I politely asked them to reach out to the state level government to, for clarification, which they did. Um, and then I was able to run and, and get elected. Uh, but, but something else that opened my eyes is I was presented with a sheet and I was instructed to gather 20 signatures. However, if I ran as a Republican or as a Democrat, I only had to have two signatures, myself and my spouse. Wow, the odds are stacked against us, you know, and maybe this is why we don't have a lot of libertarians in office. And I believe in higher office, like state office, you have to have thousands of signatures versus just a small handful of signatures to get into those positions. So the skills are, are highly uh, weighted towards the, uh, the opposition. Well, you know, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because we, we've talked to Larry Sharp on the show before, and, and that was exactly what happened to him. They just keep changing the goalpost of for yeah, what he absolutely. has to have in order to get on the ballot. So, um, but uh, yeah, go ahead, Leon. You had a question there. No, I was going to ask uh, Shannon. Shannon, did you start off? I mean, I'm talking about the history here. Did you start off as a Republican or a Democrat or an independent? What, what did you um, start off as? 
I grew up a Democrat, I guess, as a child. You know, my parents were Democrats. That's when the Democrats were for the working person. And, um, you know, they, they were a good party, I think, when I was growing up in the, in the 80s. Uh, about everybody was Democrats. And, um, you know, Republicans were for the rich person and Democrats were for the working middle class. And uh, I grew up on a, on a farm. Um, my parents were farmers and my grandparents were farmers. And um, dad owned a bunch of businesses as well. But at the, at the core of it all, we were a farming family. So, um, uh, shortly after, uh, I guess when I started getting into politics and getting politicals, when I started making money and having to stroke big checks to the government, um, I was 21 or two years old and I had to write a check. I think it's $136,000 one year for income taxes. And I, I had it put away, but it was all I had. It took, it, it literally wiped out my bank account. And, um, I, it just got me thinking, you know, there has to be a better way, um, than penalizing success. In, in, in the world, you know, when someone's creating opportunity for others, maybe we should uh, not penalize that person. Maybe we should do things to uh, help create more of that behavior. But come to find out government does not want you to be successful. They don't want you to be independent. They don't want you to be vocal. They don't want you to be bold. Um, you know, all these things that the Libertarian Party is for, our government is opposed to. So um, naturally, I was drawn into it. And, and I said, well, this is wonderful because we have a platform here that uh, that we can use to spread this message to other people. Um, sorry, I forgot off on a tangent there. Yeah. No, it's okay. So, you, I, I, I'm, I'm very much interested in what you're saying. You're talking about your your, your history, but but let me ask you something though. You you said that um, I was Republican though before I switched to Libertarian. Yes, absolutely. you are a Republican. Okay, but do you feel that um, these parties, um, the Republicans and the Democrats, which are the two major parties here in the United States, of course, do you believe they have left their traditional roots in terms of, like you said, the Democrats when you were growing up? were basically a party of the of the working class. I guess you don't feel that anymore. No, absolutely not. Um, the oligarchy, I mean, that's what we have, right? We have two parties that are in control, and um, some people say, well, it's two heads on the same snake. Um, we have to come to grips with reality, and reality is Democrats and Republicans are on the same team. And, you know, not much is going to change as long as we have Democrats or Republicans in charge because um, it's just a, it's a power play. You know, they, they work together to pass legislation. Not that that's wrong. That's what has to happen. But there's things that are put into bills that shouldn't be in there just to get the bill passed. Um, I think I would like to think that, you know, if we had libertarian leadership, um, that they would stall a bill and they would say, we're not going to pass this bill because it has it has bad stuff in it. You know, and that's that would maybe embark on a uh, process of change, I would like to believe. Um, so that's the ultimate goal, right, is, is to get uh, leadership, libertarian leadership at the national level. Um, before we do that, obviously, it has to be at the state level. Before we can even get to the state level, we have to do a ground roots movement and, and, and you know, make it happen locally um, in our cities and our in our counties. So right now, that's where we are. And that's where I'd like to see the party focus is on the local levels, you know, cities getting uh, libertarian leadership on the city councils, getting uh, libertarian leadership into uh, county fiscal courts, um, things like that. You know, once we we uh, plant our flag locally in our communities and more people are exposed to what libertarianism is and what it means, you know, you'd be surprised how many people think that, uh, you know, uh, L or LP on the ballot means liberal. Um, so a lot of people, they they believe that libertarians are liberals and um that's a whole nother discussion, I believe. I guess at our at the at the core of that, we were what cl classic liber 
liberalism maybe. Um, yes. but, but we're not, you know, we're not, I mean, we're, we're, I guess, socially liberal and fiscally conservative is probably how I would explain it. Um, the easiest way I explain it is uh, I just like to ask a question. Do you think we have uh, too much government or not enough government? And everybody says, well, we got too much government. And um, well, do you want more government or do you want less government? Well, we want less government. Well, you're never going to get less government when you're voting for people who want more government. Um, and there's very few people that want less government. There's very few people that want to see the government spend less money. Um, there's just there's there's just not that voice out there. Well, you know, to sure. give people a sense of, of, so, of sort of where you're at, uh, and, uh, Leon, maybe you could bring up the visual here. Um, so uh, essentially, uh, you guys kind of have a mixed bag there in, in Kentucky. So you got, it uh, uh, looks like uh, a few Republicans elected to state office, a few Democrats, as you say, there's not there's no libertarians and then you have some nonpartisan uh, positions um, as far as at the congressional level uh, you guys also sort of have a mixed bag there too as well but of course your senate uh, seats are both republican there uh, you have uh, Rand paul and uh, uh, mitch mcconnell i believe mm -hmm. and um and of course thomas massey stands out for a lot of libertarians as well and he's one of your representatives too so you you, you certainly uh with Rand paul and thomas massey <laughs> Uh, those are definitely names that stick out for libertarians as as people who are are pretty freedom oriented. Um, and uh, as far as uh, Cato goes, uh, they they actually do a uh, freedom index, and so they they put Kentucky right about in the middle of the pack here uh, at uh, twenty five, and so they they kind of rank each uh, state relative to the others, and that's sort of how they're showing that they're doing. And essentially, they're they're saying that uh, <clears throat> on some areas like regulatory, you guys are pretty good, and on some areas like uh, personal, uh, you know, freedoms, uh, you know. Know, maybe not so much. So those are kind of uh, where where they're showing. What's your thoughts on Kentucky uh, being a representative there? Is that it, you know is uh, Liberty doing pretty well there in Kentucky? Um, I think we're getting started. <laughs> I, I don't think that it's running rampant like it should be. Um, you know, I feel that there's way too much regulation and red tape. Uh, one of my occupations is I'm a builder and developer. And I've uh, been trying to add additional uh, housing to our community. And I'm, uh, I think, on year number five now to get 82, uh, I think it's 80, 82 units of housing, 80, 84 units of housing approved. Um, it shouldn't take years to get, you know, housing approved, uh, for instance. So a tremendous amount of red tape and cost and expense and stuff that you have to go through and obviously a lot of drama and um, stuff as well. But, uh, you know, it's just I feel like it. I feel like the entrepreneur is kind of being looked down upon now and that is being attacked. Um, I feel that uh, pride, people that are that are proud of their accomplishments in life are also being attacked. Um, you know, look at Elon Musk. I haven't ever seen so many people hate a guy as that guy. And look at all the wonderful things that he's that he's done in his life so far. Yes. Uh, the things that he's working on rather magnificent, if you ask me. Um, people want to laugh at the guy because he, he lost some, you know, money on paper, but just watch what happens. I'm, I'm almost willing to, to make a bet that he's probably the first trillionaire. So, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for people like that. Does it mean you have to respect them fully? No. Does it mean you have to agree with someone hundred percent? Certainly not. But, um, just try to take the good from each person, each relationship that you have and, you know, try to maybe turn a blind eye to the bad somewhat. And, um, so it doesn't, doesn't become part of you, but we have to be really careful, you know, what information we're feeding ourselves, 
um, because, you know, everybody we're around and everything we put into our heads, uh, you know, it's shaping who we are, it's shaping our thought process. And, um, you know, after this podcast, each of you guys are going to are going to live in my head for a little while. Right. So um, (laughs) even something as as minute as this, uh, you know, it still has influence. So I just try to be a good influence for people and um, try to spread the message of liberty. Uh, the best way for me to do it at this point in my life, because I'm extremely busy as, as an entrepreneur who owns multiple businesses, um, is for me to have this position and answer people's questions at my local level. Um, all of my focus right now is at the local level, just kind of building the grassroots, um, if you will, campaign for libertarianism. Um, I was able this, uh, this last year to bring on a, another gentleman um, to inspire him to step forward and also become a justice of the peace. We actually have uh, four justice of the peace positions, and um, he, uh, he ran as well and was elected. So we now have two elected libertarians in our county, which is incredible. Um, I'm not sure of any other uh, counties that have more than one, and there's very few counties that even have one. So, you know, you have to start somewhere. We're still on the launch pad. Um, I know the party is is rather old, but, um, you know, it's we have a long way to go. Uh, what I would like to see happen is see the party pull back from the national campaign and message and, and focus strictly on the on the local level. Well, you know, so there's something. Or sorry, sorry, Leon. I just wanted to follow up on what you were talking about there with uh, getting another person involved at the local level as well. It seems like you know maybe with uh, COVID and the lockdowns, maybe something that is. Um, you know, contagious with all this is maybe a little bit of liberty is becoming contagious in all these places. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, is that sort of your experience that a lot of people are sort of waking up to ideas of liberty there because of the lockdowns? They are, they are. And, you know, you have to understand when we were in the middle of the pandemic, it was all very dangerous to come forward and to do things. Um, there was a rally. I was asked uh, on a political standpoint to come speak at the rally and uh, and share, you know, my thoughts on it and different things at our state capitol. And um, I declined the speaking invitation, but I, but I went and, I, and, and participated. And I went live on Facebook. It's all I did. I had my mask on like everybody else and taking precautions because we didn't know what we were up against. But I just knew that it was wrong to tell, to shut down businesses, you know, and it was almost all small businesses. They didn't pick on any of the monopolies that they helped create. They just picked on the little guys, the mom and pops, um, to really push them out of business. Uh, Come to find out government loves monopolies. Um, They like just, you know, having to control a very uh, small number of companies versus, you know, a large number of companies. So um, I went to this rally. It was a titled Reopen Kentucky Rally. And um, I think I had, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12,000 people live on my live stream in a matter of minutes. For some reason it took off. Maybe nobody else was live streaming that day, but there were uh, thousands of people at that event. And um, uh, 95% of the messages I got um, were negative. You know, how dare you be out in public? And, um, you know, uh, just messages like that. Uh, people were calling our home and our businesses, making death threats uh, just because I was out in public. It was quite absurd. And, um, you know, if you want to, it's just weird. But anyways, long story short, a lot of people, they, uh, I think, are coming around to libertarianism now because they know in their, in their core that that's wrong um, for government to lock people up. 
you know, tell people they can't travel on the public roads, um, tell people they can't go and protest at their state capitals, things like that. All that's wrong. Here in Kentucky, uh, our governor, um, he who's an evil man, in my opinion, sent out the state. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, it's evil. Listen to this. Listen to what this guy did. And I'm just going to share one story. I mean, I, I don't want to give him any credit. But, you know, here's something he needs credit for is he sent our state troopers who are funded by taxpayers to churches <laughs> to intimidate church people, you know, so who are going to church on Sunday, who are practicing that, that right. And, you know, just wrong. I mean, if that doesn't open a person's eyes right there, what will, you know, but I, I know that there were other places that, that went to even far worse extremes. Um, I would say that probably government costs more lives than, than the virus itself. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But let me ask, let me ask you something though. I mean, you know, you know, on a, on a larger scale, philosophically, you know, I, I, I feel like a lot of politicians, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to disparage you as, as, as a politician, but a lot of politicians talk this good game of liberty, but yet they go to the state capital or wherever it is, the, the seat of government is, and they become corrupted by, the, by this big monstrosity known as the government. It seems like they get sucked into the, to the, um, to the philosophy of spread independency. What, I mean, what, what, what do you think about that? Do you think this is a, a disease that, that we need to really fight against? Or what it, why, why it is that it seems that many of these people who, who, who during the, their campaign, they speak this very good game of, of liberty and freedom, but yet you see them voting for legislation that, do, uh, that does everything to take away our liberties? Good, very good point. I believe that most politicians, they have a good heart. They mean well. Um, what I don't like about uh, politicians in general is they make these pie in the sky promises to people. Uh, they try to, you know, they'll, they'll, you, you might be for something, Leon, and Jason might be for the opposite. And the typical politician, uh, you know, will make promises to both of you that they know that they can't hold true to because it's, it's going to violate one of those promises. Right. Um, so I hate seeing that. I hate being lied to. Um, I feel that they start out with great intentions and they get around uh, bad influences. And I think it just goes, you know, south from there. Um, it goes back to, uh, you know, back, back to the old saying, what birds of a feather flock together um, and you are who you hang around. You know, so I believe that there's uh, a lot of corruption, uh, you know, in, in government. And I, I don't think that that was the intent. I know certainly our country wasn't created with that intent. Um, but, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind here is that, you know, government is, is continually expanding. And the bigger the government we have, the more failures we have. You know, the only reason we have a large government is because we failed in a lot of areas. Um, and, and government today, I mean, it's not about protecting us from one another. It's about protecting us from ourselves, you know. So, you know, one yes. thing I'm opposed to is these victimless crimes, you know. Um, there's a whole lot of them. I mean, there's people serving time and sentences for things that there were no victims. Um, there's people that haven't even had their day in court or had a trial and they're behind bars. That's wrong. Um, you know, I hate it when someone says one thing, but their actions, you know, they do something else. And we see that a whole lot in government, right? I mean, you might even go and meet with some of your legislators and you think they're going to vote one way and um, lo and behold, they vote the other way. And then when you call them or text them or write them and they say, well, you know, I, I was I had to vote that way. Um, it wasn't going to have enough votes to pass out a committee or it wasn't going to have enough votes to be successful. So what I'm hearing here is that they want to be on the side of popularity, not on the side of being right. And sometimes being right means standing alone. 
Well, Shannon, yeah. you know, from from your uh, you know office that you've been elected to, how will you be able to make a difference uh, towards fighting for liberty uh, uh, from this office? Because uh, you certainly talked about victimless crimes and such like that. Is there is there any ways you foresee that you'll be able to do something uh, you know from your office? Well, part of part of you know me being in this position is to kind of fill it out, right? If I want to run for something higher. Um, I've been asked to run for state Senate. Uh, I have uh, my wife and I, we've discussed that deeply multiple times. Um, at this point, it's just not not good timing, although our uh, our, our state senator um, from Montgomery County, he has resigned his position. And I had a phone call from the party. Um, I believe it was the day he resigned. They, they asked me to if they could run me as a, you know, I guess a candidate for that for his seat. And it's just the timing's not right. It's not it's not a good fit for for my family and I at this time. But um, so, you know, my sights uh, are still kind of, I guess, you know, set at a higher level. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, influence. I don't have the level of influence that I'd like to have at the position where I'm at, but it's a starting point. Um, it was a way for me to kind of establish myself as a politician and a candidate for liberty. Um, and, and more importantly, to get people to ask the question, well, what is a libertarian? Because I really, we have to pull back. We have to educate people that a libertarian is not a liberal. Um, now we are, like I said, socially liberal about things, obviously, you know, marijuana reform, all drugs in general, um, you know, but we can't be out here building a massive government to protect people from themselves. It will never work. It's an endless yeah. rabbit hole. You'll just keep going down in this hole forever. Um, yes. at some point we have to draw the line and we have to say, you know, Hey, we have to teach responsibility. We have to teach, uh, independence. Um, there's a lot of things that, that we don't teach kids in school that we should be teaching. And, you know, entrepreneurship, um, I felt so lonely when I was in school. It was like I was I was different than everybody else because I was always trying to have a business, um, you know, something. Uh, and, and even in college, uh, I earned a full ride scholarship. And um, I do not recommend college for the record. But uh, the reason I went is I lost my father in my senior year of high school. He was killed tragically in a, in a bulldozer accident. He was a builder developer. And, um, you know, things didn't go his way that day. And long story short, I lost, I lost my dad right before uh, graduation, but, um, Sorry, the, uh, I appreciate it. Um, and, uh, but the, uh, you know, it's just really hard. Um, you know, but, but from, from, I guess I just, I, I'd like to seek a higher office maybe at some point. I'm not sure if that'll be Kentucky. Uh, we're looking at, at Florida as well, spending some time down in Florida, but it's some, I just feel this calling and I, and I feel it a lot. You know, to be to be in a position somewhere where I can influence a large number of people in a positive way. Well, Shannon, we're starting to get close to the end of the show. But one of the things I did want to ask you about, in case there's one of our audiences sitting out there, they want to know how they can make a difference. What, what kind of help were you able to get from the Libertarian Party in your uh, run? Were there resources there? Did the National Party help out? Was it just the local or did you get any help? Um, I, I'd like to say we had, I had support, but I mean, there wasn't any financial support. Um, the good news is you don't need a lot of money to run for office at the local level. Uh, you can run a grassroots campaign with a Facebook page and, uh, knocking on doors, gathering signatures. Um, for my position, I just needed 20 signatures from people in my district. Um, that might seem a little daunting if you're a shy person, but, uh, there's people in the campaign that will help you get the signatures if you need help. Um, so don't be shy to ask for help. Uh, but, um, but I was able to get the signatures and, you know, uh, Hey, I'll play the game, whatever's asked of me, but, uh, you know, to make things right. I just, I don't like the odds being stacked against one party or the other. I'd like to see us have way more than three major parties. Um, I, I like people having options. Um, so, 
to answer your question, what I would encourage people to do and hopefully inspire people to do is, you know, reach out to the national party and your local party affiliates if you have some already, and which you probably do, and just see what seats are available um, at your local level, at the city level and at the county level. And you might find some seats that are open that no one's running for. You might find uh, a lot of seats just have one person running for them. So, hey, you've got a 50-50 shot right off the bat. Um, don't feel like people have to know you or you have to know a lot of people. Those are all things that you can do in time. And don't get discouraged if you don't get elected the first time around. Each time you run, you're going to build that name recognition. And um, as you become more uh, known as a vocal person uh, in your communities, then people are going to kind of gravitate to you. Um, you know, and, and things like that. So, you know, just be a vocal person, be an opinionated person, talk about the things that matter. You don't catch me talking about the weather and sports very much. So uh, I try to talk about, you know, politics and uh, business and entrepreneurship. Those are the, the core things I, I like to discuss. Well, boy, that, that was uh, great advice, I think. And um, I think if you want to go and find out more about Shannon Deniston, he has a web page. It's his Facebook page, but you can find that at shannondeniston.com. And so you can, uh, you know, maybe connect with him that way as well. Um, thanks so much, Shannon, for coming on the show and telling people about your experience. We're hoping that by doing a series of these with people who are trying to make a difference at the local level, it inspire people to get up and do something. Because, boy, I tell you, that's the only way we're going to make a difference in this country is if people start to think that they can do something at their local level. But thanks so much, Shannon, for joining us on the show. And thank you to all our guests for tuning in. And until the next one, stay free. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness always and forever. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.